0: All niggas go be fucking with me. I got two bad bitches and we runnin' with me. I got three young niggas that the bus at the heat. Okay, put your fucking hands up. Just a fucking anthem smiling cuz I'm young, rich, black, and I'm handsome. Not to mention wealthy, ass on a healthy, young millionaire. What the fuck can you tell me? Smell me. Nigga, that's Chanel cologne. I'm in Europe with the tourists, when i sell your phone. Like, ooh, sound like rich nigga problems. I get Yo, that bitch with special a special bonus app. Welcome back. Um, off the top of the show, that was um, Corday r featuring Anderson I'll, uh, I'll get into later in the show why um, I uh, chose that song, but Corday the rapper, he's just been inspiring me lately. Um, I'll get into that a bit deeper later, but also, what a banger. Um, I want to do this special bonus set because I've uh, just completed a comedy course, and I just wanted to like document my thoughts on it. Just so I, like, I finished it last night, and I just wanted to document my thoughts, and... Just, you know, time capsule it. Bang, put it away. So, special bonus app. I So, on Sunday, last Sunday, started this comedy course. The School of Hard Knock Knocks, it's called. Um, Very funny joke, the name. Um, So, went in there, was shitting myself nervous. Get in there, and I'm the youngest person there by... I, I think it was about 10 years. And I was... I'm usually pretty bad with talking to older people and especially getting out of my shell and being funny around older people. So that was honestly one of my biggest like fears. and That's what I was most worried about going into it, going, am I going to just be like at work with the older blokes at work, they don't think I'm funny because I'm just so like almost shy and timid. Um, and that's not me at all. So I was really worried that that's how I was going to act in front of these people, and then I wouldn't be confident enough to be on stage, and that was kind of my biggest worry, so I was going in with the mindset, let's kind of dial back, because in high school, I was just, even though I was a bit of an asshole, I was just so confident to talk to anyone, and I would just say anything, so I was kind of trying to channel that energy of 16 year old Cameron, and look, I, I thought I did that pretty well, because um, I ended up making friends with all the all the forty year olds and stuff like that. But that was it was a so first day get there. The thing I was most nervous about, we had to have two minutes of stand up already prepared to say, and I was like, "That's what I was most shitting myself about." But other people didn't even have anything, so having something got a couple laughs, kind of bang. Then like throughout the week, we just learned about writing techniques, things on stage, little tips and tricks. Um, the guy, Brad Oaks, I don't know if anyone knows him. He's this big, fat comedian, but he's, like, pretty big. He's, like, worked with, like, heaps of big comedians, helped them. He said, like, he ghost-writes for, like, big comedians things. Like, he ghostwrit Tommy Little's stand-up special. And I really thought, I was like, I don't actually think Tommy Little is that funny. If you ever listen to him on the radio... I think he's really cheesy, and I don't know, but then I was like, hmm, that makes sense, um, I haven't watched his stand-up special, but I'm just assuming, because I don't find him that funny, but, so he was there, and then Chris Franklin also helped us out, that guy was in, like, Howzo's in Fat Pizza, he would be probably Hearst Bridges' most famous comedian, like, he was, he's just, like, He's not from Hurstbridge, but he looks it. he, like, he really acts the part that he's a bogan, like, he just dresses like a bogan, he acts like a bogan on stage, and then, like, when he was helping us out, he was kind of just, like, a normal dude, but, like, I was like, it's all just a persona, it's all fake, uh, so, did that, then, like, every day, I slowly built more and more confidence, built more relationships with these people, um, and now, like, I'm friends with them all. Like, I'm in, like, a WhatsApp group with them. And I feel like I'm uh, the only WhatsApp groups I'm in are with old people. I feel like everyone younger has Facebook Messenger group chats. And then the older people have WhatsApp groups, which is, I don't know. But some of the guys, like, I don't know. There's this one guy, Ozzy. He was the funniest guy, but unintentionally funny. He was just... Uh, I, i can't explain how he just none of his jokes were funny but he just made me laugh from his weirdness like i think he's i think he was on the spectrum to be honest but he just uh he would just say a joke that didn't make any sense and then he would just like start pissing himself on stage and i would just be there crying laughing And I felt kind of bad because he's probably thinking, oh, my jokes are working. But I was just, yeah, kind of, is that kind of bullying? I don't know. But throughout the week, just learned more tips and tricks. Um, And I'd been, I was in such a creative mindset. Like, even now, like, I feel like I'm just very, like, it's really brought out a creative bone in my body type of thing. I'm in a creative mindset, just thinking about jokes a lot more and, um... Because for those like four days, it's like we had homework to do. They would give us things and like I'd, I'd never written so many jokes in my life and I realized the more jokes you write, you're the more better ones you're going to find because I wrote some horrendous jokes as well and but I also wrote some pretty good ones. So uh, Monday, yeah, we just did that throughout the week um, and then Thursday last night we had, it was pretty much my first show so it's like they called it like the graduation um, they had some like actual, they had like those other comedians that I mentioned before Brad Oaks, Chris Franklin, and this other girl, Hannah. Like, so actual comedians on the thing as well. Um, and we had to, we had five everyone had five minutes each. And look, had some friends come, was a bit nervous, but then I kind of was just like, I've said so many shit jokes to my mates before. If I say a couple shit jokes again, like, what's going to happen? But I did, I did. I was pretty happy with how I went, pretty, pretty happy with how I went, I, I I, missed one joke out of my set, like, I just completely forgot it, but, like, nobody knows that I was going to say that joke before I was going up anyway, so nobody actually knew, but when you're building up so much for this, this whole week is built up for this five minutes on stage, and when, like, I ended up only going for, like, three and a half, four minutes, and I had missed out a minute I'm like fuck if I just remembered that I would have been up on stage for another minute would have just improved so I realized every time I've done stand-up each time I'm getting better and better and better and now like I'm gonna do another gig tonight like I'm I'm planning on trying to do like a open mic night once a week just to keep the momentum rolling because that's what I've found with if I'm just gonna keep going I get in the routine of going to at least one a week or something like that I'm just going to keep going. That's what I've done with the podcast. I just do it once every week and like, I just know to do it. And it just gets in a habit, gets in a routine. Um, The only problem with this is like, I'm really focused on like doing this shit that I've started to not give a fuck about my work, like actual work. And I'm just waiting for like repercussions for that. Like there's nothing so far, but I'm really just not giving a fuck about it because I'm just like, I'm going to quit anyways, it's probably uh, not the best like method, but I don't know, I'm just too, I'm honestly just like really focused on wanting to do something out of this, so I've realized this year, I've really stepped out of my comfort zone, so I spent the podcast, comedy, like doing all this shit is stepping like way out of my comfort zone, it's not in anyone's comfort zone, but once you do it, it comes in your comfort zone and i've realized it's only like improved my life like i've been so much happier that i've done this and it's improved me as a person i think as well i think that like i feel more whole as a person i feel just i feel just happier so just i don't know a bit of inspiration step out of your comfort zone um there was i was um what was i thinking um the quote that I was like using to get me through the 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 course and the show last night was I heard this the other day. The act of confidence comes before the feeling of confidence. So obviously there's nerves involved, but if I just look confident on stage, people are gonna think I'm confident and me thinking me acting confident gave me confidence so especially with comedy if I'm going up there and you can tell that I'm shitting myself I don't have any actual like I don't project my voice or like believe in what I'm saying you're not gonna get a laugh you realize that some of the jokes they showed like the way you say the joke is everything the the joke matters but like 80 percent of it is the way you say it and even like the wording of the joke but if you're if you present it well it's good and like if you present it with confidence there's so there's so many jokes last night that these actual comedians said that they weren't much like they weren't even that much better than the stuff that we were saying but their stage presence and their confidence Just made them look like professionals. So that's definitely something that, because I think my jokes are like good enough, but like I don't need to, like they'll get better over time, but I want to really focus on being confident on stage and really showing like my persona on stage. Because I felt like the first two times I did stand up, I was very almost robotic and I was just memorized, I just memorized lines and just said the lines and I wouldn't stray off that. So last night I definitely felt I was a lot more comfortable on stage and a bit more in the moment. Um, like the other times I've been probably a bit like, just like robotic and if anything went wrong, I'd be like, oh fuck, what do I do? What do I do? Last night, go with the flow, relax and just enjoy it. I think I've always rushed while I was on stage because of my nervousness and last night I just really was like, Let's enjoy this because I've done a lot of work to get here. Like I've done, mate, I go to bed at 8.30 every night. This course didn't finish to 10 o'clock every night in South Melbourne. So I was getting home at like 10.45. You don't get to sleep till 11.30. I didn't shit sleep all week cause I'm still going to work the next day. Like I go to bed at 8.30. I don't go out on school nights. So that was that was stepping out. That was the most thing. That was, that was the biggest thing about me stepping out of my comfort zone having to be out on a school night but um after you do it and like everyone gives you compliments and stuff it's kind of worried me because i've today i've had a bit of a god complex i've kind of like i am the funniest person alive but i know that comedy is so fragile that I can go up tonight and nobody will laugh and it will crush me down. So you always got to think like the saying like, you're never as good as you think you are and you're never as bad as you think you are. Like you always just got to stay humble and medium. And I actually am worried about if I actually do make something, no, not if, when I do make something of myself, um, how I will handle that and how I'll handle... Um, uh staying humble because like i joke about like oh yeah yeah but sometimes if i joke too much then i might actually seem arrogant and then um yeah and another uh one of the comedy guys that was teaching us he said the you gotta have common uh confidence on stage but you can't have arrogance and the only difference is whether they like you or not So, if I'm just on stage with a bit of confidence, like, if, uh, who's a worldwide hated person? Okay, if James Corden says, like, I know I'm good, everyone's like, fuck you, man. Like, you shut up, you arrogant prick. But if, um, I don't know, who's another, I don't know. Uh, There's a bad example, but I don't know how to have an actual example for that. But that's really what it is. I can be, if I'm if you don't like me, you'll see confidence as arrogance. So, you really got to win the crowd over to like you, or else they'll be like, he's a fucking arrogant prick, whatever. But yeah, I hope I'm not arrogant, because I haven't really done anything to be be arrogant about. But I have, I was thinking like, as soon as I finished the show, I was like, how many more of these do I got to do before I start doing movies with The Rock? Um, I really look at, like I was like, Hmm, would I get into movies? Would I be like a Pete Davidson? Would I like... What type of actor... Like, I'm really looking at the bigger picture now. Like, oh, I don't really want to have to move to America. Maybe I'll just go there for six months just to film the movie, then come back. Um, But I don't think my acting skills are even that good. So, I should focus on comedy first before I um, get these movie deals with The Rock. But The Rock's not even a good actor. Um, I just need to get on steroids like The Rock because... That guy's fucked up, and he's on steroids, so if anyone didn't know that already, um, I'm done with, uh, I used to say, even on the podcast a lot, if you've listened to them all, I used to say how proud I was of myself, and I am still proud of myself, but I'm, I'm done with saying that, because I've reached level, I'm saying like I've reached level one, I've done, I've dipped my foot into the podcasting thing, I've dipped my feet into the stand-up thing, like this is just level one that I've done and then once I reach level two which is like making actually a name for myself and actually maybe making some money off or something then I can be proud of myself again but until then it's grind time no more I'm proud of myself um, because I haven't actually really done anything yet like anyone could kind of just do what I've done like I know it takes balls and shit like it's not but realistically anyone could do what I do what I've done so far. So no longer saying I'm proud of myself. I will once I've reached level two and then level three. And then while I'm talking about levels, um, how good was that club back in the day? <laughs> no shit. Um, but the Cord A, the song that I played before, um, R&P, song doesn't matter, but Cord A, he's got a TED talk and he speaks about high level And, um, what the high level, um, mindset is. It's wanting to always perform at your highest level. And I'm going to maybe post a link or something to the TED talk and just watch it. But it's just, he's really motivated me. And that's kind of my new mantra, high level mindset. And that's his mantra. And so he was talking about how he went to like, he was in college or whatever and, he was just not fucking doing anything, like, he thought he was going to, his rap crew was going to be going off by now, and then, like, he kind of just seemed like, well, what am I actually doing, he created, like, a mood, not a mood board, uh, a board, what's the fucking thing called, a board with, like, his dreams and stuff, photos on it, uh, you know what I'm talking about, and, like, put photos of it, and he's like, you gotta, um, you got to like believe that you can actually do it and like visualize it and you got to be, have intentions with your goals of where you want to go. So I think I'm going to kind of implement that into my life because I don't know, it just really resonated me with me and he just talks about giving up his vices and I don't know, just really, I'm going to put a link out to show you over on the video because it really inspired me, um, just resonated with where I was at the moment, um, so during the comedy course, they gave us like homework each day. And one of the homeworks was to write just mo- funny movie titles. And I was just bored as at work one day and I just wrote a bunch. And like, I'm never really going to use these jokes again. So I'm going to just read them off now. And hopefully, some of you find them funny. Um, the. The premise they gave us, they were like, oh, so movie titles, but with, like, actual, like, old-school movie names. So, like, the example they gave us was, like, Hitler, The Golden Years. So, here's just a couple that I wrote. Um, uh, I go, Harvey Weinstein's back into making movies again. He's uh, producing this new movie, Just One Sip, starring Bill Cosby. Um, When I'm saying these as, like, a stand-up joke... It's really awkward to not hear like a laugh afterwards. So when I'm saying that and then, no, I don't hear, maybe I should add a laugh track or something because I say it and then like I hear nothing and then I go, fuck, that joke sucked. Um, pedophilia, 3D. Um, this one was when I go. So, Brad Oaks, the guy I was talking about before, he's a real big fat guy. And I wanted to say this on stage, but he got a bit, when I said it, he got a bit shitty. And I was like, oh, fuck. Fair enough. Like, some guy doing his first show, he's like ripping into this 30 year old comedian. I go, guys, uh, like, cause he was the MC on the night, and he's a big fat dude. And I wanted to say, guys, Brad Oaks, everyone, um, has everyone seen his new movie, Dude Wears My Penis? Just cause he's really fat. Um, I uh, say like oh I saw this new um X-rated uh movie starring Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong Un called Putin my eyes then Kim on my face, um, headshot a Kurt Cobain story. Kill level Sandy Hook, um this one's a bit more of a romantic movie, My Secret Lover, Alter Boy Altercations, um, Jeffrey's Island old enough to party. This one, I don't know if I want to say... Oh, fuck it. I'm just going to say it. Um, Minneapolis PD presents George Floyd. In this documentary, it follows the case as Sergeant Derek Shaven seeks compensation from George Floyd's party due to his neck being too hard and causing knee injuries. I would never say that. Oh, I probably should never say... Oh, fuck it. Who cares? Um, this That's just a joke. Grow up. Um... And yeah, that was uh that was it. So where I'm gonna I just kinda wanna say where I wanna go with what's next. So with the podcast, I, I'm gonna try to start getting bigger guests. So I think not next week, the week after, I got um a musician coming on who has worked with uh worked on like Australian Idol, worked on X Factor, worked with Vanessa Amarossi for like thing. Uh, like he t- toured. I think he like went to He's played at Glatzen, Glatzenbury before. Glatzenbury, Glatzenbury, the English festival, <laughs> that big one. Glatzenbury, He's played there before, so I think I'm gonna get him. Funnily enough, he's my neighbour, or not my neighbour. He lives like across, but I've never, I n- have never met this guy in my life. But connected through people I know, I got connections. Um, so that's coming up soon, and then I'm, I'm just gonna have to. I want to start filming the podcast to um. Put clips out because I think that's one way to really like that's the main way to grow the podcast I, I think um like I've done a lot of research in behinds of how to grow as a comedian and as a podcaster and stuff like that so look I think TikTok is like the main one where you can really reach an organic audience through just because on other platforms you rarely see like TikTok and Reels on Instagram as well. But you rarely see um, like random people. But those platforms, you see shit that you like. So hopefully I can find people that find be funny, enjoy my content and stuff like that. So that, um, I've got a couple videos in the work, like funny videos I'm going to make. So I'll put them up on the socials as well um, just to build more of a bit of a following. And then with comedy, uh, look, I won't be doing any proper shows for a while. But I'll just I'm just gonna plan on smashing out as many open night open mic nights as I can. I'm doing another one tonight while I got the momentum going because it's all about momentum. A uh, a moving Machine is hard to stop. Is that the quote? But it's hard to like once you're up and going, it's harder to stop. So going again to tonight. One of the guys I met, this fucking forty-year-old bloke. Me and him are going to an open mic night. Who I would never have thought that, but he's a good, dude. I think I might begin. I think he might come on the pod. So he's this other one of not this other up and coming stand-up comedian is going to come on soon as well. So big things coming. Um, buy stock now. I'm going to say. If you want to invest in me, just I'll set, I'll put my BSB and account details in the descrip- description below if you want to invest in me. Um, I'm sure it'll be a good investment because we're going to the moon, baby. Again, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you have any more uh, topics or things you want to sit here on the podcast or you have video ideas or you have any um, just thoughts, comments, really reach out to me because I really do enjoy the engagement from the audience, I guess. But like, I don't know. I feel like people don't want to reach out because they're not mates with me or whatever. I appreciate everyone who listens. And every time someone messages me, I that fucking warms my heart up. So um, if you have any thoughts or things you want to see on the podcast, video ideas you want to see, um, type of guest you want to have on, more topics, anything, reach out. Um, I appreciate you all. Um have a lovely day. My trip like a faucet. She told me she was prego. I ain't even take the motherfucking dick at my pocket yet. The opposite. She want me to fly her, so I cop the jet. Must be thinking I'm a one-way ticket on the runway, drippin' in my feng shui, sipping on a Sunday.